0: Are you having the business Sunday scaries, but the scaries are actually for the whole year of 2024? You're scrambling to find the time and bandwidth to think about what you want to accomplish in your business for the year ahead while simultaneously processing the last year. Wait, that was 2021,
1: right? You're staring at the 2023 goals you set at the beginning of this year and are wondering what kind of ambition came over you in the first place. On top of that, you worry you weren't productive enough in this business year, and that you won't be able to gain the momentum and traction to move your weight-inclusive business forward when the clock strikes January 1st.
0: You were feeling out of control and avoidant, wondering, how am I going to keep making this happen? If this sounds like you, don't worry, our past selves are raising our hands too. Then join us for this free webinar, Maximizing New Year Energy, How to Propel Your Business Forward Through Goal Setting Cycles, on Monday,
1: December 18th. You're going to leave this webinar inspired by new year energy, but not in a weird diet culture way, more knowledgeable about how to take your goals from vision to implementation. You're going to be able to conceptualize how to break down your big ideas, your yearly goals into actionable and attainable goals, quarterly, monthly, and weekly, and feel empowered to lean into the cycles that naturally occur in our business. To sign up to our webinar, head on over to
0: weightinclusiveinnovators.com or check out the show notes. We'll see you there.
1: Welcome to the Weight Inclusive Innovators podcast. My name's Hannah Turnbull and I'm Morgan Sinclair. We're two non-diet dietitians, entrepreneurs and Enneagram 7s here to talk shop about the business side of things. From managing a team of clinicians to building a cohesive brand to figuring out how the heck to pay yourself, we get deep down in it talking about what it actually takes to start, run and grow your weight inclusive business. The good and the messy. We know your degree didn't include any business classes, at least
0: not any applicable to what you're doing now as an entrepreneur. This is why we're on a mission to bring business education to other weight-inclusive clinicians. Say sayonara to all the hours spent on Google and hello to information that is actually relevant. Let's dive into today's episode.
1: Hey, weight-inclusive innovators, welcome back to our weekly podcast. Today, we're gonna be chatting about in your business, is what you're doing sustainable? And when is the point of time in your business to assess this? Important stuff. But before we dive in, we're going to check in with our friend, Morgan Sinclair. What's up, Morgan? Hello, hello. I'm jealous that you are not in your usual spot. I am definitely not in my usual spot. I'm in another country. You already know. We'll talk about it in a minute, but let's check in with you first. Tell us about your business highs and lows and how the heck you are in general this week.
0: Yeah, I'm actually going to cover the last two weeks since we did a guest episode last week and didn't actually get to check in with highs and lows because I think it's important to note that last week is one of the worst weeks that I've had in business, Mm. starting my business. The TLDR is uh, my revenue isn't where I want it to be. My expenses were higher than usual based on some outsourcing that I did, which left two out of the last three months in the red. And I panicked last week. Mm -hmm. And so I made some really, I would call them impulsive, but I also think they were very rational decisions and basically let go everyone on my support team for the business in a day literally rapid fired three emails out to pause contracts with everyone
1: and that sucked we always say hire slow fire fast and i think that happens here when you have to make that game time decision because something's not going the way you want it to in your business like i know it feels impulsive but at the same time it's it's not you just you know, the decision and you have to make it and it's fast. So mad respect. Yeah. And so I would say my biggest
0: takeaway from going through all of that is anything that I had control over, I was able to take action quickly, including pausing contracts with everyone. I applied for a part-time seasonal job. I uh, looked at my other expenses and paused what I could just to, you know, try to, I don't know what the right word is, to try to like remedy the situation. And I spent a lot of time naming the things that I had direct control over and the things that I do not have direct control over. I have just chosen to radically accept where I'm at, where they are, because there's no sense in white knuckling things that I have no control over because it's just going to make me bitter and more angry and more stressed. And, resentful. and I think radical acceptance comes decently easy as someone who's super optimistic. And so I will name that of like, it was, it's very similar to the, t- the time that I heard about intuitive eating for the first time. Someone was like, this is intuitive eating. And I was like, oh yeah, that checks out. Cool. Let's do that. Like that's kind of how radical acceptance feels <laughs> for me. Not always, but for this, situation in particular. And so, yeah, it's been a lot of just like reminding myself that I have no control over certain things and I just have to accept them. And I think by doing that, so that was part of my low. I think by doing that, I was expecting this past weekend to be just like recovering as if a bus had hit me and it was the opposite I had a business idea come to me Friday night, and I was like, Oh, let me just jot it down in my notes section really quick. And by Monday morning, when I went to go review that notes section again, I had 14 business ideas or like notes on content I want to create, or a new lesson I can create for the Weight Inclusive Business Academy, or new inspiration for templates. Like it was just like jam packed. And it was just like a little nudge from the universe that's like, Hey, don't worry. Like, I've got you. Like, I I will continue to supply creative thoughts to you for you to take and run with.
1: Hmm. I love that that's what you were met with. And circling back to radical acceptance, I, it's kind of like the path of least resistance because in, in a really positive way and not a like, I'm not going to keep going and being gritty because you are, but just being able to accept the situation at hand is letting go of yeah built up resentments that could happen or just trying to push too much against the flow and it's just not helpful to to get stuck in that cycle so love that you're radically accepting where you're at taking action on things you can and as it feels good and just letting yourself process and also so grateful for you being so candid and like i know there's many people out here listening that feel you and have been there or are there as well and business is fucking hard it's hard, even so when hard, okay, you do, <laughs> yes, yeah, and that's like
0: that's part of that radical acceptance of like it is the business is not gonna be all rainbows and butterflies all the time. like shit's gonna get hard, and this is not a like, oh, this was hard, better close things down. This is a like, what is the data telling me, and how can I make pivots from that data?
1: Yes. This is why we don't really believe in failure, truly, Mm -hmm. because anytime something's not working out, it just means something different needs to happen. Exactly. Exactly. So love this for you. I think it's going to turn around and be different and transformative, and you're going to feel a lot more peaceful and where you want to be in the future. I just... And if
0: that doesn't happen in the timeline that I have in my head that it should happen... <laughs> I'm going to have to radically accept that too. Do you want to tell us more about your timeline? I just I was talking to someone this morning. I like that happened last week and I was like, can it please be January 1st? I need a clean fresh start. <laughs> so I'm wanting things to like shift by the end of the year, but I also know that the holidays are always just a weird time for business, so I'm like trying not to have too much expectation. Mm-hmm. Um But that's kind of like in my brain, I'm like, all right, I got like my floaties on in the middle of the ocean, we're going to survive until January 1st, And then we're going to hit the ground running with the new things based
1: on the data I've collected in the last two quarters. I also think it's really peaceful to have this as well. Because right now, what it's going to allow you to do is relax a bit as well. Mm -hmm. It's like, let me give myself some time and space and reflection. And then in this timeline, I can start doing more of the things I can control and pivot. Like, I don't think that's a, the timeline has to be any expectation that's external. I think it can just be for you to be able to take a step back right now. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And, um, this kind of, is also like, this is like a, like a sad low, but not like a, oh shit low is I had signed with my business coach for three months. And as I mentioned, I have, finished out that contract and have decided not to renew with her, um, strictly just from financials. I loved our work together. I feel like I have gained so much. I also think that I've worked with her intensely for 90 days now and have gained so much that I think the impact of our work together is yet to come too. like, I think there's just going to be more that comes from it, but she reflected. So I had my last call with her yesterday and she reflected back on me actually something that I shared on my Instagram this weekend. Um there's just been a recurring message of needing to be still in my life and then I was reminded again on Sunday through um actually the sermon at church which our, we have a new pastor and she's also a social worker, which is just like so fun because there's so much mental health that gets brought into it. And I freaking love it. And one of the things that she had mentioned that literally left me crying the rest, pretty much the rest of the day was what if instead of having to do, you were able to be still and receive. Mm. And as someone who's a doer, like that's really hard for me. And then my business coach reflected that back to me and she goes, What if you just need to be still and receive from your business? I was like, ooh, ooh, yeah. So anyway, that's what I'll be
1: working on the next couple of weeks. Oof, 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 oof. I love that you mentioned that even though you're wrapping up business coaching right now with your coach, you know that the work you did together is yet to come. That Mm -hmm. is so important because I think there is an expectation around coaching of like, It reminds me of the TikTok where it's like, you're going to fix me, you little shit, you know, the one. And it's kind of like how people interact with coaching sometimes. And sometimes it is very tangible of like, let's get this set up. Let's get these Mm -hmm. systems. Like when you're more in the consultant role, Mm -hmm. but sometimes coaching is about reflection and giving feedback, seeing how that continues to transform you as you continue on in your business. Like it's not always instantaneous results driven. It's very reflective reflective and it's like the mindset work
0: around it Mm -hmm. yeah so anyway that's what I've been up to the last two weeks it's been a roller coaster over here what have you been up to oh
1: um well sending you lots of love and I know that things are only going to get better from here and it may still be a roller coaster and that's okay entrepreneurship man. it's going to
0: be a roller coaster because that is literally what entrepreneurship is
1: Yep. And that is radical acceptance of entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So I'll start with my highs. It's been two weeks since I've last been on the podcast. Cause by the time this is out the week before was an awesome interview you did with Whitney. And so I've been in Mexico for two weeks now, right? Math ish. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So- Tomorrow will have been two weeks since you left for Mexico. Which is insane. Time flies. Um, yeah, that's definitely my high. I'm in Mexico. I am able to work fully virtually, fully remote, be a digital nomad, live in a different country, get to practice my Spanish, got to see a lot of my partner's family. We're at the beach. Um, we're in San Carlos right now, which is like a northern northwest beach. And it's very beautiful. It's got like some of the best sunsets in the world in the evening. Like The West Coast magic. usually does. Imagine the screensaver from 2006 with the sunset on your computer. It's that it's gotta be San Carlos. Incredible. Um, if you and- want to
0: pop on over to the way inclusive innovators Instagram and post a couple of sunset pics, I don't think any of us would be mad.
1: <laughs> Noted. Um, I feel very peaceful here and I have been doing a lot of walks and runs on the beach and like we're literally a 15 second what? walk onto the beach. So like we walk out the door, I don't even put on shoes, walk to the beach with the dogs and my partner. We'll have lunch out there. We'll run around with the dogs. We'll like, they'll go swimming. They get a bath like every day now, but it's great. Cause it's just a hose that we rinse them off. And it's just very peaceful. Like being near water is so nice. Mm-hmm. And then I recently learned how to play pickleball this week. Cause there's a pickleball <laughs> court nearby oh and like God. nobody's using it. So it's like, which is unheard of in the U S right? Like people are you go to a pickleball place and you're in line or like you're playing with others, which is also fun, but to have our own like quote unquote private pickleball where we can just play and practice and I can learn. It's like so good. But the low to this is I don't want to (laughs) work. I'm very low energy and sleepy and just kind of distracted by the shininess of like, Oh my gosh, there's the beach. It's so nice out. The weather's perfect. It's like eighties. There's a slight breeze. It's really nice. Um, I'm, I'm getting work done. I'm doing the bare minimum, but I really want to use this time in Mexico, hopefully feeling inspired and get some creative energy for some content creation. So yeah, that's where I'm at. I'm physically in Mexico and my brain is mentally not wanting to work.
0: (laughs) Which makes total sense. Like the, I feel like the last couple of times that we've gone on trips, especially to Mexico, it's been for like high level visionary, not in the weeds time. So it makes sense that you're there and your brain's like, why are we doing tasks?
1: Yes. Why are we not just existing? Well, I will say when we think about productivity and the the stress we put on ourselves, of like, I have to be productive. I have to be productive, which is a result of capitalism and patriarchy and all that stuff. So we'll just name that. Um, There's something to be said for the productivity of space and existence and seeing what comes to you. And I've really been feeling that and been really reflective. Like when I look out onto the water and the sunset and look at my feet on the sand, I'm like, wow, this is my life. Like I turned 30 this year and I have an amazing partner an amazing little family with our dogs I get to do pretty much whatever I want. Um, And like, I just like life is good. And that's like, that's allowing me to reflect on that, to be able to take future steps in my businesses. So my other high to ping pong back to a high, I, we made a decision this week for Nourished that I'm really excited about and I'll share on the pod soon. Um, That is about scaling. And so, not to be ominous, but feels good to have clarity around that and start taking action steps. Dun, dun,
0: dun. So freaking ominous, leaving all of the listeners on red, basically. We'll have to dive into that once you're ready to announce
1: it. Amazing. We will. It'll probably be next week. <laughs> Perfect. Easy peasy. <laughs> Are you ready to dive in? Let's do it. So
0: this has been on our schedule for a while now to talk about like sustainability of practice. And we've mentioned it a couple of times of this like three-year milestone kind of. And I think it's probably because I'm at year three. You've recently been in year three. Well, enough. Been yeah, okay.
1: I'll, I'll explain my relationship to year
0: yeah. three.
1: Yeah. And so that's kind of what got us
0: started on this. But this is also a really... Interesting time to talk about this, as you heard in my check-in. Um, this is a very vulnerable time for me, so you're probably gonna get lots of candidness on this episode. And I'm gonna for sure have a vulnerability hangover after this, but that's why we have the podcast. So that's what we're gonna do. Um, the the common recurring theme around like sustainability with businesses, for me specifically going into this conversation is a lot of financial stability, which we'll get into. And a lot of these feelings that I like quote unquote should have more of this figured out by now. So just so for some context of like where I'm going into this conversation from, um, especially with some extra vulnerability based on the last few months of my business, but December will be year three for me. So this is a great time for this.
1: I love it. And I am excited to hear more and have you share as much as you want to with, with the squad um, that feels like they're not alone. You're not alone that we're all like in different stages. And sometimes you can be further in time wise and something shifts in the market or whatever. And like, there's a downturn in your business and that fucking happens. It's Mm -hmm. so unrealistic to think it's just growth, 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 growth. It's not how it works. Year three is an interesting point in Many regards. Um, For me, I'm about five and a half years into group practice. I'd say solo and group. But for my business coaching and consulting, I'm closer to the three-year mark. So I remember what it feels like briefly when I was at year three in my group practice. And that's really where it felt like I was starting to think about promoting people, getting help with supervisor things, me pulling out of the work a little bit more, I started to think about those things around year three, and I didn't really implement them until year five when I was already past Crispy. So I say that because year three tends to be where thoughts come in of like, is this sustainable? Do I like what I'm doing? What's happening next? All of those things. For me and my business coaching at year three, it's interesting because this week, I sent out a survey to my business coaching clients that I've worked with over the last three years. Um, some still working with me, some have wrapped up their work with me and just like wrote up this really vulnerable feedback form of like, what feedback do you have for me now that I'm three years in that I need to know? And the amount of candidness and helpful feedback that I've gotten, even though I'm sure it was hard for people to write, it was like everything. And I don't think I would have been able to ask for feedback sooner because you need three years to do something and to gain momentum and to gain experience and to fuck up and then repair before you can ask for feedback. You can ask for feedback sooner, sure, but like I don't know if I would have been ready to accept it before or like even realize the importance of it. But now that I feel like I'm peaking and it's either time to like make this more sustainable or to pivot a bit. I want to know what people's experience of this has been now that we're at that three year mark.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you bringing that in, especially because you are in different time periods and different aspects of your business. And, you know, I think I've had the beauty of like being able to have conversations with you and people who have been a little bit further along than me to kind of like know that the three year mark is a good mark to stop, reflect, check the sustainability. Um, whereas I don't know, I mean, not to speak for you, but I don't know if you necessarily had that guidance either at the three-year mark, or maybe you just weren't ready to accept it. And that's totally fine too. No, that's,
1: that's what I was just about to say is I feel like it's almost intuitive. Mm. Like the three-year mark is where you're like, wait, I've been doing this a while and, what is going on? Do I like this? Is, are things working? Like it's not even that you're thinking about year three and then you do it. It just seems to follow along the same time of I've been doing this for a while now, three years. What's up? What's and up? I think it, we should check in. Yes, we should check <laughs> in. And I think that tracks with also being employed by somebody for three years or working at a job for three years. Mm-hmm. When I was doing a little bit of Google research, it was showing like people tend to think about doing something different every two to three years. Whether they actually do or not is a different story, but the thoughts come in when you feel rehearsed enough in something Mm -hmm. that you want to look at it.
0: I also want to name that. I feel like that is more common in our generation and Gen Z as opposed to like our parents' generation who stick with the same company their whole life.
1: Oh, 1,000%. This is definitely a new age thing. Um, My mom's been working at the same company for 20 years same with my dad. My dad's That's been wild for like nine years, I think. I don't freaking know. I can't even He's imagine around more. Yeah. yeah. Anyway,
0: so just to, just to lay a little bit of the land, three main stages of business that we're kind of talking about, and then we'll dive into factors that go into running a sustainable business. So first stage of business that we want to name is infancy up until the three-year mark. This is what I have just been completing with my business. And And Inclusive Innovators is in there too. Yeah, you're right. It is. And if I could summarize like what these last three years have been, it has been survival mode, throwing spaghetti at the wall, a lot of newness and a lot of pivots. Oof, nailed it. I have not tried to make anything. Well, I probably tried to make things concrete in my business and I have now learned like not a single thing has been concrete in my business over the last three years. It has been all about like just trying new things, seeing what works, seeing what the market needs. Um, not, And I don't think I would have used those terms in like the first two years. I think that's oh, um, yeah. like a three year like, oh, what does the market actually need?
1: Right, right. Yeah. You're just doing the things and then you realize there's a name for it of like reacting to the market or responding or like just being an entrepreneur and trying different things. You're just doing. Entrepreneurs just do. And then we're like, wait, what did I do?
0: The reflection, which
1: gets us to the three-year mark, the three-year milestone of
0: pausing and reflecting. As we mentioned, the three-year milestone, it's long enough to know if what you're doing is actually sustainable, given by the factors that we'll talk about a little bit, or it's a time where we can
1: figure out if something needs to shift. You also might be thinking and getting new ideas and have an itch to try something else. Um that was definitely what happened for me in my group practice. At year 1, I started building a group practice, right? Of like I was already getting an itch to do something else, but year 3 was when I wanted to do something completely different and started to do consulting and business coaching. So, that's a pretty normal timeline of like okay, I'm good at this, this is going, what else? And then lastly, we have 3 years onward. We haven't really put a
0: end date on this mainly because I don't think either of us have made it far enough in our business. We definitely need to bring someone on to talk about business beyond the five-year mark, but I'll let you go ahead and talk to kind of the three years onward stage. Yes.
1: Yes. So around the three years, like we said, that might be when you start itching for something else. So in that if you decide like, yes, I'm going to pursue this other thing, you actually kind of start a new three-year cycle. So whether you're doing a new business, a new offering. So for me, it was starting to do biz-to-biz services and coaching. I was really starting in year one again in the infancy. Um, Other ways could be like scaling and growing your current business. It kind of puts you back into that vulnerable of like, Survival mode. I got to figure this out. There's going to be pivots. And it's just a different mindset. It's not as simple as, like, I'm just going to keep building on this thing. Like, a lot of the time when you scale, you're having to start from the bottom again. Three years onward can also be when you're starting to think about your exit strategy or pulling yourself out of the business. If you are, if you have scaled to something else where there's other people involved and the business isn't dependent on you. And you also could be thinking about, like, What if I don't want to do this anymore? And the exit strategy of dissolving your business. So, and this is where the statistic of 50% of businesses fail by the five-year mark, um, because people kind of start thinking if they want this or not around the three-year, and then either they do or they don't. And I think that's where the quote-unquote businesses fail. I don't think it's necessarily by like means of people just quote unquote fail. Cause you know, we don't believe in failures, but they just don't want to do it anymore. And they don't want to figure it out anymore.
0: Or their business is just no longer sustainable. But
1: yes. I think, yeah, they didn't want to pivot. Like the industry wasn't where it used to be. Like there's so many reasons. So many reasons.
0: So just kind of, now that we have that lay of the land with different stages of businesses, we're going to, pivot a little bit to talk about the factors of running a sustainable business, and these are factors that you can kind of pause and reflect on from the second you have an idea to start a business all the way up to where you are now, whether it's one year, three year, five year, and beyond. Yes. So the six main factors of running a sustainable business that we're going to cover today are defining what your version of success is, flexibility, and the time commitment you want to make to your business financial stability and risk tolerance, your health and well-being, which includes work-life balance, passion and
1: commitment to what you're doing, and scalability of your business. I also want to say, if you're reflecting on these things and you're not where you want to be, like when we talk about success or when we talk about how much you're working, that's okay. It doesn't mean your business is not doing well. It doesn't mean your business is failing. This just is good information for you to reflect on and think about what needs to change in order to make it sustainable. So we are hoping, if anything, this conversation feels like it gives you tools to reflect and be hopeful with what can shift and what needs to happen for it to feel like you can keep going. And you can sit with me over the next
0: six weeks of stillness and receiving as you reflect on these pieces of sustainability
1: because I know I will be. All right. Let's talk about defining success. That's such a ominous word of like, what does success even mean? But what I would have folks think about is what is success in your current business? We typically think about finances being the number one factor of success, which is totally fair because that's the thing that pays us to live the life we want. But other parts of success are like, do you like what you're doing? Are you making impact? Are you growing? Are you learning? Is your business lining up with the KPIs you outlined for it? There's so many ways to measure success and only you can choose it.
0: One of the first times that I ever had my mindset challenge that success was not just financial was whenever I was talking to one of my friends who is an engineer by trade and she quit her engineering job to be a web designer. And she lives in upstate New York, loves being outside, loves hiking, And she redefined success in her business of how many days off can I take to be outside? That was the first time that I was, I was ever like, oh, it
1: doesn't have to be money. Cool. Okay. Yes. Time is such a valuable resource, arguably more than money. Money can always be made. It always can. There's always some job you can do. There's always something you can add to your business. There's always someone you can sell to. Time is more finite. And I love that. I love that that's a version of success. And I I relate to that completely. Like I feel that especially in this moment, being in Mexico and being a digital nomad and saying like maybe I could, quote unquote, be making more money right now if I was head down in our office in Denver working on the biz. like, I just don't want to do that right now. My time and life experiences is much more important to me.
0: I think it's also really important for you to like really stick with like what success means for you. Because I think in as small of an industry that we're in as weight inclusive business owners, I would say primarily private practice owners. You just never know what someone else's actual goals are. And so if you're chasing after what you think someone else's goals are for yourself, that's never going to be sustainable. Mm -hmm. You don't know if someone is just trying to work part-time. You don't know if someone is having to cover unexpected finances or like emergencies in their business financially. Like we just never know what's going on in someone else's Life That may be impacting what their version of success looks like. And so there's no point in trying to like keep up with the Joneses of their business goals if it doesn't accurately reflect what you actually want out of life.
1: Oof, that's such a good point. And we see it a lot. I see it a lot with solo clinicians trying to decide if they should build a group because that's the quote unquote next thing that they should do. And that's what would make them look successful. And they're quote unquote unsuccessful if they never hired anybody. And it's like, no, do you even want that? Exactly. Second is flexibility and time
0: commitment. And this is one I'm so passionate about. And I lovingly got called out by my father about this a couple of weeks ago because I had posted like my dream schedule was like a 32-hour work week. I never really work more than 32 hours a week. There's like the occasional weeks where I'm inspired, motivated, pushing, hustling a little bit, to get grinding a little bit to uh, launch something or make something or anything like that. But 32 hours is about my max, especially creative energy. And so what does flexibility mean to you? Does it mean having that hourly flexibility, that day-to-day flexibility? Does it mean being able to have flexibility in your location? Does it mean getting to have flexibility in the type of work that you're doing? Like, As entrepreneurs, like we don't have to work the nine to five. We get to choose what our schedule is and we get to hold boundaries around that.
1: Yeah, and kind of going back to the the financial piece tying into all of this is like, you could, if if you paid me $300,000 to be ass in seat in a chair in one location for 50 hours a week, my answer is no, no, yeah. you can't pay me enough money to do that. And so that's where it really is. And we have to be very specific around what success means to us and what are all the pieces because it's it's not just an amount of money. I'm I'm stuck on the 32 hours. I want to work less. <laughs> <laughs> you know,
0: maybe one day when I have more automations and more passive income in my business, working less would also be fine. 32 hours just feels really reasonable with where I'm at in my business right now. Love it. But I love that you want to work less. You probably are working less.
1: I want to start tracking my time because I feel like sometimes I waste time. So maybe we'll record a podcast episode on that soon. <laughs> I just started using a new time tracking
0: app called Toggle T O G G L, and I I really
1: like it. You like it? Yeah. So
0: we could we can do a whole episode on time tracking. We should time track ourselves for a week
1: and see, and do an episode. Like it? it. Okay. Cool. If you all want to do that challenge, we're up for it. We're up for it. Okay. Big one: financial stability and risk tolerance because they both go hand in hand. Usually, if there's a risk or something that happens that feels it impacts the or makes your business vulnerable. It's usually financially related. Um, so with thinking about the sustainability of your business, how are you managing potential fluctuations in your income? Like if things aren't steady, how how do you do with knowing some months are more fruitful than others? This is
0: one that I am struggling with the most right now, just strictly based on the nature of the type of work that I do. There is not a lot of stability. It's not like seeing clients weekly, which there's there's definitely some risk tolerance in that as well. Um, and, but I know I've mentioned on the podcast before of like having 20 clients in a week times four weeks in a month is very different than only working with two clients a month. Yeah. There's just a lot more instability. At least it feels like that for me. I would say there's a lot of risk tolerance that happens with that because there's not as much consistency. And and this is what I've really been struggling with. And this is where my candidates can come in of like, has my business revenue grown year over year for the last three years? Yes. Is it where I want it to be? No. And so that's where I struggle with because I'm like, my business is growing. So that feels sustainable because it is continuously growing and where my revenue is at is not where I want it to be in order to pay myself a, what I would consider a livable wage for the lifestyle that I want to live. And so that's where I think they're... This is where I feel most wishy washy when it comes to to the sustainability of my business. And this is where most of my reflection lies around because, like, I know what success looks like. I know how many hours I want to work. The other things we're talking about is like work life balance, passion, commitment, like, check, got all that. Feel really good about all of that. It's the financial piece that is hardest
1: for me. Yeah. So, when assessing sustainability and finances in business, it's really important that people know how much money you want to make and how realistic it is to get there because if you want to make 300,000 working 30 hours a week in our industry that's just not that's not going to happen and i don't say that to be like a a party pooper or whatever it's just like it's not realistic and you're going to set yourself up to be really unhappy and resentful because you could do the calculations of what that means you need to charge people or how much face to face time you need to do so and also do you I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'd be happy to make $300,000, but for the trade-off, do you quote unquote actually want to make that amount of money? Like if you had to do X, Y, and Z, if you had to work 60 hours a week, ass and seat in one place, like, is it worth it to you?
0: And that's where this conversation, it's like a balance of everything because like, yeah, I would love to make that much money. And like, I'm right there with you. Like you couldn't pay me enough to work. 50 hours in an office, ass in seat, making someone else money. Yep. I just couldn't go back
1: to it. I just, it doesn't,
0: it doesn't feel in alignment with what my version of success is.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then it's also worth noting when we think about risk tolerance, obviously we're talking about a lot of finance and income being up and down and tolerating that but there's also the tolerance as you scale if you have other people involved so what is your risk tolerance for including other people in your business is it the right people is it sustainable like how do you know
0: fourth is health and well-being as well as work life balance and so just checking in with yourself of what is your ideal work life balance i feel like this can kind of tie into like time commitment your version of success um But are you leaving enough time outside of the biz to say yes to other things like spending time with family, your social life, your hobbies, and figuring out what that balance looks like for you?
1: One thing this is actually bringing up for me, because for a long time I did not have this balance, and I can't remember if you and I talked about it, but I've been having this conversation a lot of you can have anything, but you can't have everything all at once and so that's another thing to think about with sustainability and business and and health and well being and work life balance. Like it's sometimes you do have to work more to gain momentum to get to where you want to go, and those things might suffer. But that's why it's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. And so coming back to an equilibrium eventually, and maybe it's coming in and out of that equilibrium, right? But it's not sustainable if you can't prioritize things in your life and it's just all work because you're you're probably stressed your nervous system is wonky and how is that a quality of life to live even if that means again you're making that $300,000 whatever exactly yeah and i
0: think you know the health and well-being part of this obviously we work in a health and wellness space there's a lot of conversations about mental health is readily accessible in our space and i'm very thankful for that but running a business is Fucking stressful like I want to know I want to meet one person that is running a business that is like not stressed at some stage in this Elon of, Musk. like do you say Elon Musk yeah. <laughs> he's probably stressed
1: <laughs> yeah he's a, he's a little a little something else too so I don't know if he has a stress gene or, or what but yeah and all that to say like stress is inevitable.
0: It's how we manage the stress and making sure we are leaving space to manage the stress that comes with being an entrepreneur.
1: And then there's passion and commitment. When we think about the business you've built, the sustainability, do you still like what you're doing? Do you still feel really attracted and attached to the why? And that's an important thing to look at in this this space specifically too. Like I know for me, part of my transition out of client work and really focusing on supporting business owners and supporting group practice owners directly is I'm really passionate about that. And I love entrepreneurship. And when I was saying earlier, you can have anything, but you can't have everything. Like I was feeling less drawn to being a clinician. I have two, uh, we'll call them hot takes when it comes to passion.
0: The first is that I hate that we have to choose what we want to do when we're 18 years old, because I think that majority of our industry, and I'm going to assume people that went to school for either nutrition or psychology to become dietitians or therapists, that general track, a lot of us went into those fields because of our experiences when we were teenagers. Because we were disordered. Because we were disordered. And so like, yeah, it makes sense. We're going to go and I'll speak for us specifically, like makes sense. We're going to go into nutrition, become dietitians. But then like you learn about intuitive eating and you do the hard work and you're like, well, this isn't any fun anymore. Maybe not not fun anymore, but it doesn't have the same like hooves as it did when we were 18 years old, wanting to change the world as dietitians. Like I think it is okay if that passion changes.
1: Or whatever age you discover intuitive eating and then like. When you become more versed in it and you understand and you're like, oh, this is just me living my life and like the passion dies a little bit. That can happen. The second hot take I have with this has to do with the phrase, love
0: what you do and you'll never work a day in your life.
1: Ew, I think I have a Facebook picture with this quote on there from like 10 years ago. I fucking, no. I hate this phrase. Same. This is also full permission that like,
0: while you should like, decently like what you do, especially if you're an entrepreneur of your own business, like you should probably have some like buy into it. You do not have to love what you do all the all day, every day. And you're for sure going to feel like you're working. 100% <laughs> yeah. hands down, full stop. Like,
1: definitely working. You're working. <laughs> and the last one, when we think about running a sustainable business is assessing scalability. If you are in that point where you're like, Mm, This isn't sustainable because I feel like I want more or something different and I want to tap other people in. So scalability can happen through additional revenue streams and or hiring, delegation. um.
0: I want to chat about delegation for a bit because this is something that I have experienced very intimately in the last year of hiring a VA, hiring a copywriter, and hiring a business coach. Because I thought that by year three, I should be delegating things. I should be, quote unquote, successful enough in my business to be able to delegate things. And while I have loved getting to delegate those things, financially, it has not made sense. Hence why I paused everything last week. Hence why it wasn't sustainable right now. And it's not sustainable right now. Also why I've chosen to use the words pausing all my contracts, even though the contract is like... Legally done, like it's ended. They were incredible support people, and I want to bring them back one day. And like, this is just also going to have to be a season of getting strappy for a little bit again while I kind of figure out the next steps. And so, yes, love delegation, but also it needs to make sense financially for your business for it to be stable.
1: Yep, exactly. Preach. And also, the other thing with thinking about scaling sustainably is you can't just scale to scale it does have to be very strategic and make sense what i see a lot of folks do is they'll add team members or like other dietitians to work for them and as they hit certain points of growth in their team and they're having to bring on more billing support and admin support to to help sustain those roles Then they end up eating into the profit and they're making the same amount of profit they were with a team of two that they were with a team of five. And now they have more work. So your scalability also has to be efficient and make sense and not just be growing to grow.
0: Which circles right back around to what your version of success is for your business. Mm Mm-hmm. So as Hannah mentioned, we hope this is just a nice little reflection for you, whether you are just starting out, whether you are right around that three-year mark, just like I am, whether you're a little farther along, any point in your business, you're able, you have the ability to stop and reflect on what it takes to run a sustainable business and checking in with yourself, doing little pulse checks to make sure that what you're doing is sustainable, especially if it is something that that you're wanting to do. For the long run. Thanks for listening to the Weight Inclusive Innovators podcast. If you like what you hear, subscribe to our podcast to add us to your queue every week. Please leave us a rating and review and share with a friend to help us reach more weight inclusive business owners who could use support and pep talks. And don't forget, we have a free masterclass. Be sure to head over to innovators.com to sign up for maximizing new year energy. We'll see you next week. Bye.